This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper and the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 592 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Friday, August 24th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, man? Uh, finished my softball season last night, had our playoffs, got uh, shellacked in the first round. So that no. was. Uh, uh, we How'd were, you do? Uh, I feel like I have one of the. Um, I think I've gotten babbipped all season. Ah. I had two just rocket hits. One that uh, should have at least fallen for a double, and the guy dove for it and somehow caught it, like a sports center type play. And then I rocketed one up the middle, and the shortstop dove for it and and caught it. I saw you were were cutting a lot of leagues. I think people just weren't thinking that the Babbitt was going to have time to regress to the level that you deserve. I, and I totally understand that. You know, I mean, ah, it's, just, it's tough, though. It's tough to get cut. You know, but I think I'm a sleeper for next season. I think so, too. I think uh, the, those paying attention, like kind of looking at the next level numbers, you're going to be high on their board because it's get, they're looking at the stat cast. They're like, Justin, just, he can't be like this again. And the power's still there. So I think I think you'll still be a high-round pick next year. <laughs> we actually fire back up softball pretty soon. We, uh, we kind of take the middle of the summer off, which you know in Texas makes sense. Uh, where we have July and August off. Um, I think because they don't really play on that field because it would just ruin the grass, I guess. So, yeah, we'll be firing back up soon. I remain a late-round pick. Do not roster me in all formats, guys. Okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm utility hitter for sure. I'm a singles hitter in softball. My player comp is Casey Kochman. Okay, it's not good. <laughs> I'm uh, more of like a Dan Vogelbach. I've got a high OBP. I like it. A little bit of pop, but I cannot play defense anywhere. See, I, I got a little, little glove work over there first. So that's why that's where the Casey Kochman aspect comes in, and I'm just smacking my singles, just trying to get on base. <clears throat> but we're going to talk uh, some news today. We're, we're, on, we're on kind of a tight schedule, so we're not going to dive too deep into a topic. Although next week we do have guest episode coming up, which is going to be a lot of fun um, with the guys. So much fun. It's going to be so much fun. I, I, how did I not say so much fun first? Uh, it's going to be with Scott and, and uh, Scott Bogman and the Welsh from In This League. Very excited to talk with them. And we have a couple topics that uh, you and I were talking about. We'll figure out which one we're going to do with them and then which one we'll do with, with ourselves. Uh, obviously, with September coming up, it'll be the the right there, right? Saturday is September 1st, I believe, next Saturday. So we'll be talking some schedule stuff, some um, September call-ups. So that we'll have all that. 
But today, like I said, just some news. Some some of the stuff's a little bit older that we didn't get a chance to talk about. Some of the stuff a little bit newer. So let's just dive right in and talk about uh, the Nats finally pulling the trigger on some sales. Which, by the way, I don't critique them for not selling at the deadline at the at the non waiver deadline because I thought they had to kind of play it out and see if they could be the Cardinals. Like they had the kind of team where if they ran off a big stretch, would you really have been surprised? No. So. I think that that was right to not necessarily sell at the 31st deadline. And now they, they ended up making there. They put all the main guys through waivers. Daniel Murphy goes to the Cubs. Matt Adams back to the Cardinals. Harper did get claimed by the Dodgers, but no deal was done. Let's first talk about Murphy to the Cubs. I think that hurts everybody involved because it's one of those things where, I mean, it's Joe Madden especially. He's going to have more, more tools to play with, but that kind of cuts into everybody's playing time. Although, for the short term, Addison Russell did go on the disabled list as well. So what do you think about Murphy out in Chicago? Yeah, I don't love it for his value because, like you said, there's just there's only so many places to play for all these players. Uh, with Russell going on the DL, that obviously, like you mentioned, helps Murphy get playing time in the immediate future. But I think he becomes more infield depth for the team once they're completely healthy. So unless yeah. this move happened because of fears of Russell not being back soon. Yeah. If there's some long-term consideration with Russell's, let me get, I forget what it was. was, it, was, it, a it, was a, it was a hand and a finger and then a shoulder. So, Oh, okay. So it's a little mix there. So maybe, maybe you're right that they're saying, Eesh. you know, it's been, maybe there's been things been ailing him too, because he's really had a busted season. 65 OPS, just five home runs. This is a guy I've loved and he just hasn't panned out. Um, I will say this though, in, in terms of exactly 24 age, 24 season here that we're dealing with. I'm not saying like, obviously redraft, you've moved on ages ago. If you even drafted him dynasty, I, I bought him in a dynasty league. I, I, got I him still for nothing. think something to hold because he's absolutely free. And if he broke out next year at age 25, would you be even 1% surprised? No, because he's still so young and he's going to have basically, um, Four full full ish seasons. He only played 110 games last year. He's probably he has 112 this year. We'll see how many more Addison Russell gets. But then the two full seasons in 15 and 16. So you're gonna have a guy with about 2,000 plate appearances under his belt. Uh, there's still room for improvement there. But uh, it's the only been issue with even if he, he like gets close to his ceiling is there's little to no speed. And yeah. in this day and age, like how useful is a shortstop? that hits 25 home runs and, you know, hits 260. See, what it would have to be for, like, a true breakout, it would have to be a big batting average surge. He'd have to become – Addison Russell would have to become a well, much better – triple A and double A where he was hitting near 300. Exactly. And and without that, I agree with you that that, that a real breakout would be tough unless he took maybe the, uh, the 20-something homers and 95 ribbies that he had back in 16 and, like you said, paired that with a, with a 260-something average. But even still, that wouldn't be off the charts. It would just be good. So Murphy goes out there. Um, here's the thing, though, too. He's been playing well. So if, if even when or if, if and when Russell comes back, if Murphy's still playing well, He's gonna he's gonna find playing time, but it, it's not gonna be guaranteed every day the way it was with the Nationals. And Chris Bryant's still out. When's he expected back? Is is he coming back anytime soon? I looks think like, he's on a rehab assignment. Okay, or about to like, start one. 
Yeah, I see that now. He has started hitting activities, expected to rejoin the lineup by the start of September. So we'll see that that would be bad news for David Bodie, who's been an interesting play. So they have a lot they of talent. They can always move Brian into the outfield, though, too. And I mean, they, they've got so many movable pieces that they'll they'll figure it out. Madden's pretty good at getting people at least three quarters playing time. Honestly, I would only I would really prefer to have Cubs in daily moves leagues, you know, because then you can at least check the lineup. And see if they're in and, and maximize. Super frustrating. <laughs> it's got to be, you know, especially there's there's always those days. This happens on every team, but I think most more so on the Cubs because they move so many guys that uh, you see like a great matchup for your guy. You're like, oh, he's facing this clown lefty. This is going to be awesome. Day off. You're like, wait, what? What? They're not looking at the numbers. So, um, all right. So that's Murphy with the Cubs. Matt Adams jumps out to St. Louis. And again, I think it really hits his value because that guaranteed playing time goes by the wayside. Speaking of guaranteed playing time. He didn't have necessarily guaranteed playing time with Zimmerman back in Washington anyways. Well, that's true. And Zimmerman actually doing some things uh, himself. You're right. That was actually already slicing into his playing time. So now he, now he being Adams, battles with uh, Jose Martinez, who <laughs> you talk about a guy who can't, who just cannot hang on to the to the guaranteed playing time, and he was actually getting going again too. And they're like, "Nah, let's cut into your playing time again." So uh, we'll see. We'll see him mixing in uh, Matt Adams. Although Marcelo Zuna hit the DL, and it, his shoulder has been a big issue. And maybe they knew that that was coming, and they thought, okay, let's get Adams back. He can kind of mix in. I mean, obviously, if he's playing the outfield, that's not great. But um, you mix him in at first base. What do you think about Adams in uh, St. Louis? Back in St. Louis, I should say. Meh. I mean, like you said, the the playing time is going to be an issue. It it seems like with the departure of Mike Matheny, the Cardinals have put a little bit more premium on defense. Which is yes. not not a good sign for guys like Jose Martinez and or Matt Adams, uh, and, really. or Matt Adams. So uh, you know they, they're playing Yario Munoz in left field a lot. Uh, yeah, that's allowed Bader Harrison Bader to mm-hmm. emerge because he's amazing defensively. Um, you got we Colton have, Wong. Still have Tyler O'Neill on this roster. So yep. I I I think it's going to be slim pickings. He's more of a daily play when you can kind of throw him in cheap uh, against a against a. Cush uh, righty mm-hmm. for Matt Adams. Exactly. Uh, and by the way, to that end, hasn't played yet with the new club or with the with the return club. So um, yeah, those moves weren't great. And like I said, Harper claimed by the Dodgers doesn't get moved after all. I don't know if they'll make any other moves here with the uh, with about a week left before the waiver deadline's done. Let's move over to Milwaukee. We got a couple pieces of news with them. This one. It, it might feel shocking just because he's such a name player. He was drafted so early among closers. But if you've been paying attention to the numbers, you know, if you don't have him, but you still are dialed in on the numbers, you should not be that surprised that Corey Kniebel was uh, demoted down to AAA. He's been a nightmare, man. 508 ERA, 133 whip. Strikeouts are still good, but the walks are through the roof, which was the which was the scary factor coming into this year too. He walked a ton last year, but it, he didn't allow any hits. You know, he was, he was so difficult to hit uh, and kept the ball in the yard that there wasn't a lot of damage this year. Both of those factors have changed. He's allowing two more hits per nine from five, seven to seven, six, and the home runs have more than doubled. In fact, you look, he's already allowed seven homers. He allowed six all of last year in 76 innings. Knievel's allowed seven in 39. So he gets demoted to AAA. They do have options at the back end of their uh, bullpen. Let me see. Have they made a call on who it's going to be? Are they going to play matchups with 
Hader, Jeffress, and um, well, no, sorry, is on the DL. So is it going to be Hader and Jeffress kind of playing matchups? I would assume it's going to be Jeffress, and you know, Hader becomes the kind of guy who comes in uh, with the harder part of the lineup. But it's probably a, a committee for now. But I, I would assume Jeffress gets the majority of the calls in the ninth. By the way, uh, Joaquin Soria is expected back today. Oh, so well, then, it actually then makes the move for him. Yep. Yeah. So it's a tough one. If you need if you need to spec for saves, uh, you're kind of working blind there because I don't really know. Uh, I do think so. I do think the two righties have the edge, not obviously because Hater can't handle it, but because they love him in that in that fireman's role, and that is the best role for him. Uh, so Knievel down might be back up in September. Just kind of get a, a week plus to get your mind right. Come what back up. What's wrong with him? Because you look at his pitch values, and the fastball has been atrocious in the second half. It's the, it's the, yeah, it's commanded the fastball because it's when he was walking guys last year, and it was an issue for sure. And I'm not trying to be hindsight; like I knew this was coming. He wasn't somebody I was ending up with though because I didn't like the walk rate. I respected, I I ranked him high too. So this is again not trying to slam dunk on on a, a, a Knievel call. I was right up there with him because the strikeouts were so good. He was so difficult to hit. And you see relievers like this all the time that that find success despite the big walk rate. But I was kind of just veering other ways. I was a big Blake Trinan fan this year. So I was like, I'll wait. You know, I'll get Trinan. Um, it's not working the same way as last year, though, because I think some of the walks last year were just like, OK, I got in a 3-2 count. I'm not going to give in to this guy. I'll walk him and strike out the next guy. Now it's not only is he, does he have the same sim- similar walk issues, but he doesn't know where the fastball is going at times. So instead of walking, now you're talking hits and homers. And I really do think it's just fastball command. And I say just fastball commands everything. So you're a two-pitch guy and you, you throw your fastball 75% of the time. You have to be able to command it. And he's not ta- – you're talking about the pitch value. It's gone from 12 to minus 6 an 18-point difference. And this is a cumulative situation, too. So we're talking about 76 innings last year to 39 this year. Like, what a difference. And Knievel is just not right right now, and they can't trust him in anything close to a leveraged situation. In your defense, you were the lowest in the uh, preseason ranks on Knievel out of all the guys who ranked. Thankfully, I didn't have to rank uh, yeah. really <laughs> you, you did do. I, I, let the, uh, I let you guys off the hook. It's bullpen report and myself on, on I, the closers. I will say, though, I would have been the highest on uh, Edwin Diaz because I'm pretty That's sure good. my Fantasy Pros ranks, I had him fourth And I think closers. I was the lowest. So if we're, if we're, if we're you know, trying to take uh, laps on, on positive things, I'll, I'll point you, you out. And you were the highest on Giles. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> that was not Jeff. Best. Sorry. No. no, damn well I was not. Ben had him fourth as well. There were three guys I had him in single digits. I had him I had him eleventh, just honestly a lot of based on team. I was like, well he's he's the closer on on the best team coming in, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Um but anyway, I think that's uh, again gonna be leaning kind of a Soria Jeffress thing. I wouldn't necessarily I mean I don't think haters available maybe in some ten teamers where middle relievers don't have as much value, but I don't know. He's been he's been the Andrew Miller, Dylan Batances, where he does have value in every league. Uh, let's talk about another move that they might make right now. Matt Harvey was claimed by the Brewers, and so we don't know yet what's going on. He's actually scheduled to start on Friday, and it's a Friday afternoon because it's, it's um, at the Cubs, which those are always Friday afternoon games. So I think we would get some clarity if he is scratched. Meanwhile, 
we don't know what's gonna we don't know what's gonna go on until then. What would you think about Matt Harvey if he jumped over to Milwaukee? He's been better in his last two starts uh, after going through a little bit of a rough patch at, right after the trade deadline. I don't know that I love him in Milwaukee, but it's not like he's you know he's been pitching well in you know fairly well in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, it's not it, like it's a you know great park either, so it's probably exactly. arguably worse uh, in, in some ways. So I don't know. I just I mean I guess that's what they have to do because. There's not much available out yeah, on the and, market right now, but their rotation's been getting by. But uh, I, you know, Wade Miley inexplicably has a 218 ERA. Like, what is going on this year? Like, Wade Miley, Edwin Jackson, uh, freaking Brett Anderson. I mean, most most of the A's rotation. Like, we're just seeing these random guys that we kind of wrote off bouncing back. You know, Yuli Shasin's been been really strong for them. I think the biggest issue, though, is that Freddie Peralta can't make it to the finish line on his innings unless you are just going to put so many more innings on him. Uh, he had 120 last year. Well, actually, you know what? It's he's got a, he's got 130 right now, so it's not as bad as I thought. Um, well, but he, what do you, you don't want to rely on Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta has been exactly who I said he would be. He's going to be this guy that sometimes goes out and just shoves. Yeah, and then sometimes he goes out and just destroys you. <laughs> and do they want to rely on Freddie Peralta down the stretch to be a mainstay in their rotation? You know, maybe you know I don't know where Nelson is in his rehab if he's uh, you know even going to make it back before the end of the season. So that could be a huge boost if they get him back. I don't think they want to rely on you know a 22 year old Freddie Peralta who really is a wild card in terms of what he's going to give you night tonight. No, that's true. And, and you've seen it in fantasy as well. When you're, when you're starting him, just kind of looking at uh, his, his last uh, handful of starts here since the break, seven, one, two, seven, three, zero earned runs. Right. And you got those two sevens mixed in that erase a lot of the good work. And, and the one, by the way, was a four inning outing because he, he ran up a high pitch count at the Dodgers. So that's Freddie Peralta. When I did my innings limit thing, uh, he was tracking to really go over. Uh, where he at the time? Let me see what when was it? I wrote that on July 9th. It was looking like if he was going to do his his 2017 plus 25 percent, he would have only had about 58 innings left. They set well, him down to you know kind of limit the innings and and that helped. And and then two shortened outings helps too, a four inning and a three inning. Now, unfortunately, it's because they were not going well. But uh, either way, I agree with you. They they don't want to be relying on him any more than you necessarily do in fantasy. You can have him on your team, but you don't want to rely on him. So that's where Harvey kind of fits in. We'll see if that deal gets done. You guys should know by the time, probably by the time you're listening to this. Um, let's stay in the central real quick, talk about another pitcher. You Darvish, done for the year. It's just a busted season, man. And I'm curious where you're at. Really for 19. Um, in fact, there was a little news recently a- after this saying he won't, uh, he doesn't believe it'll require surgery and expects to be quote unquote fully healthy for 2019. You Darvish 2019 is that somebody, obviously the price is going to go down. We don't know how far, but it's going to go down. Is he somebody that you're interested in? It? I think he's going to be just because you got to chalk up this season to injury. And even though he regressed last year a little bit, he was still pretty damn good, Um, you know, in spite of an elevated home run rate, you know, struck out more than 10 uh, 10 per nine, 
Uh, the walks were in line, 386 ERA. Like, you got to think that uh, coming into the year healthy, he can at least put up numbers like that, and I don't think you're going to have to pay for that. And I consistently point out that everyone freaks out about the World Series starts. He'd been amazing in the playoffs to that point. And so it was not some, like, treacherous October that that culminated and by amazing you know it's two starts but i'm just saying there were two excellent then two awful we took the two awful and people were saying oh you know he's 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 in trouble i it's a bummer because his talent is still so sky high but at the same time with darvish he gets a little overrated right we haven't seen a sub three since the uh, 2013 season um, we haven't really seen even a low threes. Three, the 16 was 341, 386 last year, and then, of course, a 495 and eight starts this year. But the strikeout and just the, the talent is so alluring that uh, I think I ha- I'll have a hard time not, not getting him somewhere. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be setting up uh, my two early mocks here shortly. So we'll, we'll kind of get some ideas of where Ooh. people are thinking about Darvish. For 2019 uh, here pretty quick, but um, I'm I, I think he's going to be so discounted that you're going to get a pretty good deal on him. Yep, I I, I agree. I think if I I'm think getting him be... as my fourth starter, I'm going to be pretty thrilled. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty darn cheap. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next bit here and talk a bit about Michael Kopech's debut. I know I did write it up, so if you guys read that, you know you know how I feel. But I'm curious again on your thoughts. Uh, it was a, such an abbreviated debut that that was kind of a bummer. But uh, we did get to see an electric arm there, and it was it was pretty exciting. I'm curious, uh, what did you think about Kopech? Did you get a chance to review his start at all? I did. Uh, it I didn't get to watch it live, but I kind of watched it via people's reaction on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> which is fun. It's fun to watch. Like if you can't be around uh, for a game, but you're on Twitter, maybe you're at work or whatever, and you can just kind of watch the reaction of it. That's always fun. This stuff is amazing. Nasty. It's uh, you know, this is one of those things where I'm almost I, I'm I, not almost I'm very bummed he's come up now because he you know he's going to get a couple more turns in the rotation at least before the end of the season and he's going to get to show this stuff people are going to go crazy on his draft price like this is a guy who's going to get completely overdrafted and i'm going to be one of those people doing it because i'm just oh i am too i'm I'm a sucker dude i don't learn i don't like he's going to have way fewer innings than luis castillo i'll make some dumb mistakes with like (laughs) because here's the thing too even in the midst of that start you can kind of see how the bad starts will happen with Kopech. He'll run up. I mean, he had 52 pitches in two innings. Uh, he got out of the jam in the first inning, then struck out the side in the second, but it took a lot of pitches. It's easy to see like his duds being four innings, five walks, four runs, you know, but still six strikeouts. And so you just kind of stay interested. The one changeup that I put in the, um, in the breakdown was one of the sexiest pitches I've seen all year. It was so nasty. His sliders are just, oh man! I I I love the fact that he's got these three pitches. Yeah, like this isn't a guy coming into the league with two pitches and oh, hopefully he finds a third. Uh, This is a guy with three complete pitches. Four. Yeah, it's because I thought he had kind of a hybrid breaker, and and somebody in my comments said that was a curve that he dusted off, um, and and it wasn't just like harder breaking sliders, but whatever you want to call it, right? A lot of times the pitch classification thing is not 
necessarily the end of the world. Just say fastball, breaker, changeup, right? It doesn't. You don't have to be particular about it. But to your point, he's not coming in with just a fastball. He's got the second. Kopech's got the pitches. His changeup is ninety miles an hour. Ninety-one <laughs> off the table, dude. And that, like I said, go check out. I, I put the one to to uh, Jake Cave. I think is who it was, or no, Robbie Gross. It was so gross. I just I couldn't believe it. But I was really impressed. Rain uh, remains stupid for ruining that. Uh, very angry with Rain to, uh, after that outing because I think we'd have gotten at least a couple more innings. If he gets a quick pitch count inning, maybe we get to five. But I think we at least get two more innings there for Kopech. He was dialed up. I love that he was working at the top of the zone with the fastball too. We didn't see the the 99-100 that he, he kind of sits in the minors. I think part of that though is is a concerted effort to keep his his command and control in check because he'd had a big stretch where he wasn't walking a ton of guys in the majors prior to the call-up. He kind of was the issue, and that's, you know, I think they rewarded him with the call-up. And so it's not like 96, 98 is bad. So I really liked uh, I really liked seeing Kopech. I'm very excited to see what he does against my beloved Tigers this weekend. I think he could uh, – absolutely trash them yeah i'm I'm gonna be all in on kopech next year and it's gonna be it's probably gonna be a mistake but i just just, a mistake yeah i i I want some shares uh let's stay in chicago move back over to the north side again with another cub cole hamels has been reinvigorated here with the cubs drops a little complete game action i don't think it was a shot i think it was a, a one run complete game but he has just been brilliant with them so far. I'm um, getting the numbers right now. It's 34 innings of a .79 ERA, .94 whip. Uh, you know, strikeouts, not his calling card. Uh, he had jumped them up with Texas. He's got 30 and 34 innings. I'm fine with that. But he's not walking, guys. Eight and, and 24 hits. I mean, he just looks looks rejuvenated. I liked this move when it happened, just thinking getting out of Texas. I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for Cole Hamels. So even kind of coming into the season, I was reluctant to completely write him off. And, of course, that was wrong because in Texas, he was brutal. But he gets this trade, and he's really taken off again. And it's been fun to watch kind of uh, Cole Hamels really dial in. This cutter has really taken off for him. The changeup's back as well. Uh, oh, honestly, everything's really working for him. But, but Cole Hamels, how do you feel about him in the last month after what we've seen here with the surge with the Cubs? Um, I'm cautiously optimistic because the, you know, like you said, the cutter has been good, but the fastball is playing better too, yeah. uh, in Chicago. So playing up velocity wise too. Yeah. And I mean, it had, I want to say it had like a negative 12 or 13 pitch value. Pri- is that good? Yeah. Prior to being traded. And since being traded, it's got 5.6. I got you. It's minus 15.6. Oh, Kyle. Oh, good. I'm glad he was able to make it. I, he said it might be a little difficult. What a piece of garbage. <laughs> he returns. Get out of here. Okay. He, I he still worry about Hamels. I mean, he he's been so um he's been so bad. <laughs> I think the biggest issue though that, that helps too, and again we we've talked about it on this show that that Texas is not the same launching pad that it used to be, but it's still a positive place to hit. And I think that that was playing a role with the with the home run aspects that he had. Like he was a big home run pitcher, and it, again, it is still positive for homers, especially for lefties. And he was allowing a ton of homers uh, with them, particularly this year, one point eight. That's gross. He hasn't allowed a single homer yet in the thirty four innings with the Cubs. 
So I do like seeing that for Cole Hamels. Do I expect a zero home run rate to re- continue? No, but you, you just look at the lefty situation. The park factor for Texas, 115 down to 85 uh, in Wrigley. Now, righties do get a big boost. Um, I think they're 105 at Texas, 124 here. So he does does have to get a little boost there, but everything's working. I think he's an all-formats guy that you're just kind of uh, setting and forgetting right now until we see something different from Cole Hamels. Do you, do you feel okay with that? Uh, even though you're you're keeping the cautious optimism there, uh, w- are you sitting him anywhere? I don't know that you can. Uh, I mean, obviously Colorado, but sure. uh, I, don't, I, like I think you have to, with the state of starting pitching this year, you have to just right. keep kind of rolling out there. And the one thing he's doing, and I don't necessarily know that this – uh, is a true skill or, or change or anything. But, I mean, he's getting a ton of ground balls since coming over to Chicago. His ground ball rate has gone above 55%. Wow. And when you've got that defense behind you mm-hmm. in Chicago, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously going to be a huge, you know, boon to his value. So uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic. And I, I think at this point, yeah, you're starting him rest of the way unless there's a really obscene matchup or something. Yep, I, I agree with that on Cole Hamels. Uh, let's talk about Tommy Pham got hurt again. This dude cannot stay healthy, man. He I keep has the, predicting this dude to have a breakout, and he right? keeps getting and hurt. The metrics are there to be excited. And, okay, then he starts getting going a little bit with Tampa Bay when he first gets there, breaks his foot. Okay, comes back from that in relatively short order, dislocated finger. And, you know, we don't make too large of a deal on it, but it's it's on your hand, man. And you're trying to grip a bat, so it can be really frustrating. It's going to make him a value coming into next season. Is what it's going to do. But yeah, because it's been such a disjointed season. Um, unless he just finds some health and fam explodes in September, his numbers are going to be about league average with some decent pop and some speed. And people are going to kind of push him to the back burner and say, "Oh, you know, 17 was a fluke. I'm moving on." I still love the skills. I'm a fan of the player. It is just frustrating that that right now he can't seem to stay healthy. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do. I mean, it's just nope. you're you're holding uh, on to him because I don't. He's not going on the DL. No, right? I think he's just he's kind of playing. Come back today. Yes. So, uh, so we'll see if he gets back in the lineup against Boston tonight. You know, like I said, I just you know if we're not going to get much out of him press the way this year i'm just hoping that at least makes him a really nice value coming into next year yeah we're at that point now where we're like not rooting for injuries but we're rooting for guys that have had kind of mediocre seasons that we want for next this, year and this not, is like, the point don't freak out in september dude this is yeah this is the point in in fantasy where if you are anything like me you're looking at your teams that are competing and going, okay, I need these guys to have a big last month and these other ones I need just to, you guys can suck. So that way I can get you at a discount next season. Just relax. We don't need you to go crazy. And uh, we want to keep those discounts in check. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. So wild. Now this guy returning, uh, who I'd probably have the same feeling for, right? If he goes crazy in September, we could see the price going up. Michael Fulmer's coming back from a grade one left, uh, left oblique strain. And he's going to start today against the White Sox. Having an up-and-down season, to be sure. Um, Looked really good in that rehab start, though. Exactly. Uh, I love I love Michael Fulmer. So we, we, we all know that. I, we got that out on the table. Curious your thoughts, though, because, he, like I said, super up-and-down. Really seemed to have third-time through issues because he couldn't get to the changeup. That was the biggest issue that I constantly saw with Fulmer. How are you feeling about him for the – 
uh, rest of the year, the, the final month here, and into 19. <sighs> I'm just... I, I don't know how much I trust how many innings he's going to get start to start. And okay. that, that becomes my biggest question with him because uh, how valuable is a guy who doesn't strike out a ton of guys anyways if he's only going to be going four or five inning stretches? Yes, uh, and that, that that would be concerning. I really I, want to, I really want to use him tonight in the Tout Daily Playoffs. Yeah, I want I want to put him in the lineup. Like, but I, I don't poor, think I right? can do it. Yeah, because you bring up the innings piece, which is important, but also just kind of after um, I think Nick on the pitcher list they call it DLH, DL uh, disabled list hangover. Like uh, you know, if there's a certain amount of time on the disabled list, and depending on the injury, there's certain you know, a lot of guys that you just blindly don't start just to give them that first game back. But it's the White Sox, dude. They strike out so much, and former strikeouts have been kind of wonky. this is a really awful slate. I mean, like, if you look at the Friday slate, it's 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 not good for pitching. No, I'm just looking at uh, the the opponents that my, my fantasy team's playing because I'm looking at the roster right now. I'm seeing Jason Vargas, Dan Straley, Dallas Keuchel, um, Senzatella, that's in Colorado. You're not messing with that. Cobb's been pitching better lately, but, like, how excited would you be to use him in DFS? Barucki, again, solid, but are you trying to DFS him? So it is a interesting. Erasmo Ramirez, Drew Hutchinson. Especially wow. DraftKings when you've got to put two starting pitchers Two out starters. There. It is gross, dude. I'm probably going to go cheap. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go like Clayton Richard. Um, I'm going to go cheap on pitching and, and huge on hitting and just hope to get lucky. Hope to, hope to spike one. Uh, well, we'll see how that goes today. Um, with Fulmer's return and with your Tau Daily. Uh, a couple pe- more pieces here before we get out. Pat Neshek notches fourth save. And so it's looking like this is his job right now, Sir Anthony Dominguez. I got to imagine. I think it is his job. You don't think so? Okay. Well, Sir Anthony Dominguez hasn't, I, you know, he still has a great bottom line number. I do wonder if some of the six month grind fatigue is setting in. Um, he's had a few wonky outings here in August. You never want to overreact on relievers that have a couple bad outings because it's it's relievers, right? It's like, and one bad outing can do so much damage. You know, throw a couple back to back, all of a sudden it's like, wow, you added a run to your ERA. Well, yeah, because he was at one one fifty, and then he bumped it up to two fifty. But he has had three of his last uh, six outings. He's given up runs. Sir Anthony Dominguez has. Um, you're saying no, don't worry about it. The only thing that bothered me was there was a home run in each of them. Oh, the I, I think three. you should worry about this whole situation because I don't think either of these guys. You have, think they're going to share that? Yeah, I think they're sharing this okay. job. Because, I mean, you look at like both of their game logs and they're kind of going back and forth. So Yeah, that's true. Um, it's not four in a row. It, and in fact, you look at his last six outings for uh, Nishak and it's save, nothing, nothing, save, hold, save. So. It's not like he has four saves in five appearances or something like that. And he got the first of the four all, all the way back on July 13th. So, okay, I, that that's fair. I I would I would scoop Nishek though if I needed sure. saves. Yeah. You want? I mean, you would want you rather play? have Nishek or would you rather have Jeffress? I thought you might ask that. Um. Well, with Soria coming back, I think I'm going to say Nishek. Okay. Would you rather have Nishek or would you rather have Romo? Ooh. I think Romo's more the guy. Because, again, Sir Anthony Dominguez is not hurt. He's not gone. And it's not like he's been terrible. I actually still love – again, I just think the fatigue. I think they want to get 
Nishak a few runs there because um, because they want to give a little break to Sir Anthony. Yeah, I'm going to go Romo. Okay, would you rather have Nishak or would you rather have Hildenberger? <sighs> Trevor Hildenberger with, with uh, the Twins. It's not too bad. I was kind of hoping that, uh, by the way, Dark Horse Trevor May would get in there, but it's been Hildenberger. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Nishak. Ah, dang it! I don't know, man, because Hildenberger is the closer. They're, they're a near 500 team, so it's not like it's a total dead team situation. They're gonna be playing the crappy division. Yeah, I think I'm changing. I'm gonna go Hildenberger. Yeah, if I, th- I think I agree if I need saves volume. If I just can take kind of the sporadic save and I think and at this point most ratios, people when they're looking at it, it closers, they they're looking for the volume rest yeah, of the way. Yeah, as many saves as you can get. Oh, Kyle's back. <laughs> oh, in, in welcome back, buddy. Literally in my in my lap right now. What a guy. What a terrible. You really guy. felt the carpet in your apartment needed some trimming. The best part, there is no carpet. He's just he's he's weed whacking the well, floor. Well, there isn't any more because he's Not doing anymore. such a good job. Because he's really he's really trimmed it. It sounds like he's literally in here. Go away. Hey you. God. All right. Speaking of the twins, by the way, we had an inverted segue there. Let's get on our segues. Willens Estudio is going to return, and I'm just excited about it because I love Willens Estudio. Everyone does. If you're if you're aware of him, you love him because he's such a fun player. This is the guy who uh, almost literally never strikes out, uh, almost literally never walks, and just makes contact, gets base hits. In the minors, he had a three percent strikeout rate uh, in 2,400 plate appearances. And he also had a 3% walk rate. 81 strikeouts, 85 walks in 2,461 plate appearances, Justin. Do you understand how difficult that is? I, I do understand how difficult it is. I have, though I have seen people do this in slow-pitch softball for years. So, I mean, it's <laughs> not as difficult as maybe we're making it out to be. True. Uh, but he's really regressed in the strikeout department this year, a 4.6 strikeout rate this year. I mean, it's oh, that's disgusting. It's huge. You can't have that sort of... It's like a 25% jump. Yeah, what a loser out here striking out nearly 5% of the time. Uh, but the the beauty, too, is that he qualifies at catcher and plays a lot of different positions. But with the with the catcher qualification, he's going to be up for the stretch run. I do like him as a C2 in some deeper leagues. Now, we'll see what kind of burn he's going to get. That's the tough part. Bobby Wilson did hit the DL, so Asadio is basically the backup. Mitch Garver's been pretty solid, so I don't know that he's going to bump Mitch Garver out. But again, being able to play everywhere definitely helps Asadio. So hopefully he gets some playing time. I know it's a really super like short sample and small sample, but I love the, the plate discipline metrics. He's got a 51.3% O swing. <laughs> 51% out of the He's just like, hey. You but he's it. making contact out of there 85% of the time. Of course he is. Like, that's, it's that's all... insane, dude. His he... ability to make contact is insane. He's the dude on your slow-pitch softball team that swings at everything but Never always takes... makes contact. Like, yep. like, it could be two feet over his head, but he's going to swing it like an axe and get he it. tomahawks it and gets it and gets a base hit. Uh, because, again, uh, Astadio hit 300 in the minors. So it's not like he did this without also putting up some numbers as well. So he's going to return. I, again, I think he makes kind of an interesting C2 uh, in some deeper formats, AL only specifically, but also maybe some of your deeper mixers. If you're running a dud out there anyway, why not take a shot that maybe he gets some playing time and can get some base hits for you? Yeah, That's he's willing. not going to get much playing time, but it, no. it'll be fun when he does. 
he's going to be a full-time starter and be a superstar. No, I, I don't know either. So that's the tough part. That's why you can't really go 10 or 12 team with Astadio. Uh, Justin, anything else on your plate that you want to talk about? Any, any players that we haven't talked about or uh, anything like that? Otherwise, we're wrapping up here. Yeah, nothing I can think of. Uh, you know, feel free. I, I recorded a, a podcast with Baseball HQ last week. Listen, uh, I enjoyed I just did a Top 25 Dynasty Ranks podcast over Friends of Fancy Benefits. Stuff there. Which was fun. We kind of just yelled at each other for how we all ranked uh, players. Uh, so, Always fun. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that's about it. Football. And my school schedule's insane this year. I, I again, I can't even fathom. Oh, Kyle, literally, literally. Kyle agrees. Oh, he turned it off. He wants to be on the. He wants to be on the show. Um, yeah, fo- obviously, football is coming up. Everyone's doing their fantasy football drafts. I will mention one more thing, baseball wise, and this isn't necessarily fantasy for the player in, that I'm going to mention, but Liam Hendricks is working his way back, throwing 97 at AAA. Whoa! If they add another piece to that bullpen. Liam Hendricks has quietly been a pretty solid piece in his own right. And they're going to be adding him with the bullpen that they've already had. If he gets back on track, I mean... Their starters are only going to have to go three innings. That's the thing I was going to say. I, I think it helps uh, the, the guys even more, that the, the starters that they have even more. Even the suspect ones like Edwin Jackson, Brett Anderson, that you maybe don't trust, just give me five and dive and you, you're going to be set up for a dub. And so if you're trying to steal some wins, you know, we don't we don't chase wins in the draft, but you have to start chasing them later in the year when you need them. You know, it's a, I think some people get a little bit too dogmatic about the don't chase wins and, and apply it to the entire year. Well, if you're not getting wins at some point, you have to figure it out. And I think these Oakland starters um, are pitching pretty well on their own, but then they turn it over to a bullpen that just doesn't really blow leads. It's so, going to be an uh, interesting playoffs with them in it. Oh, I agree. Like, you know, we always talk about pitching is what gets you through in the playoffs because you only need three three starters, really, to to be effective. It's what the Giants did. Like, you know, just sneak yep. into the playoffs and let that just awesome rotation carry you. But, like, this awesome bullpen could just be a force in the playoffs. You go Manaya, KL Fires, and then the bullpen, and you probably put – I think Both if Tampa Edwin, Bay had this bullpen with with, with the oh my kind of God. stuff they're doing. That would be absurd bullpen that they're trying to spike eventually. It, it's, and they find pieces like this too. But this Oakland team's gonna be fun. You know what's gonna be really great though? The NL in, in September. Because there are just so many interesting races. That central is wide open. The Atlanta Philly battle is fantastic. I hate Kyle so much right now, by the way. Like, I'm trying not to scream. I hate his guts. And then the West with the three-team battle. The Rockies Arizona. are only a game back. What, like, Dude, how? Okay, I, I like the I don't Rockies, even rem- like, I don't remember how? them crawling back into it. Like They've quietly been lately. And you know why? It's because they're finally not blowing every game. Because their bullpen, which... They I were think- supposed to have the lights up bullpen. Everyone already knew this, right? This is a known thing that you really don't want to go into the free agent market and spend a ton on bullpen because the volatility of it. But, man, they really got burnt because they made a big statement with bullpen pieces, and most of them have been so terrible. Uh, Wade Davis has a near five. Brian Shaw has a 642. Uh, McGee and has a six. got him long term. Like, they, this yeah. is not. <laughs> and the two pieces that are killing are their own guy returning, Adam Adovino, who's healthy and looking brilliant. And Toronto 
scooped up in the middle of the season. Those are their two go-tos. That's, I mean, again, it, this is not hindsight. People know that like this is why you Everybody don't. Everybody said it when, yeah, when they did it, it was insane. They've got Wade Davis under contract through 2020 uh, for 18 million next year, 17 million the year after. I think Shaw's getting nine million. Shaw's a year. getting eight and a half next year and nine in. Uh, 2020. Both these players have uh, 2021 options that I'm assuming will not get picked up. Um, yeah, it would take Jake some McGee's craziness. got the same contract as Brian Shaw, eight and a half next year, nine in 2020. So now, again, though, the volatility of bullpens is such that these guys could turn it around, and if they turned it around at this point, all would be forgiven because they're right in the thick of it. And if two of Davis, Shaw, McGee so that's turned like- it on. That's thirty-seven million dollars next year under for three relievers, and and yet they have the offense that they do, which has actually been pretty suspect. For thirty-seven million dollars, you could have Scherzer and a half. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Again, people, it was obvious at the time to say like this might not work because you just never know how volatile relievers are going to be and it's panned out as, as poorly as it could by the way too i will say like they'll probably be better next year just with simple yeah, regression, regression to the mean, mean yeah. let alone if they do find their stuff and kind of get back to higher than they've been uh, or, or to the heights that they've been to so we'll see but uh, we'll be following all of it like i said a couple episodes next week we're gonna have the guest episode and then we'll do the one with with us um sorry i didn't get to do a solo yesterday i was sitting in the er i'm a thousand percent fine i shouldn't have even been there but that's neither here nor there justin i hope you have a good weekend i know you're dealing with everything with school and football and baseball and taking care of your family so uh, have a great weekend and i'll talk to you next week Take it easy. Fair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download Squad QL for free for your Apple and Android devices. Squad QL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does Squad QL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download Squad QL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. Squad QL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.